Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Carpenter, your host, and with me is none other than Mr. Brandon Noway. How you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing fantastic, Mark, and I was wondering, you holding up okay after that boat parade yesterday? Oh, brother. We're here in Champa Bay, and if you all don't know, it's been crazy week between having uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning take the Stanley Cup and watching them celebrate it. But it's yeah. how about you, bud? I mean, I'm doing all right. I was more worried about you. You're out there on, we were out there on a boat. You're out there with your shirt off, shotgunning beers, running around in the rain. Kucherov and I had a great time, brother. I just couldn't get enough of those Bud Lights, but you know, that's <laughs> enough said. <laughs> but that was, it's been an enjoyable time here in, in Champa Bay. But that's not the topic today. We, the special edition today is about the All-Star Home Run Derby. Before we get to that, Brandon, any last words you'd like to share about the Lightning? It's it's great that we have another championship. We're going back to back. I know a lot of people are upset about the Lightning, but hey, we don't care. We just win. And hey, we're big time now. That's right. Big time. Okay, boys and girls, let's get to it. All right, man. The much anticipated home run derby. You and I have been talking about a little bit the last few weeks, you know, Questioning some of the people that were in there and saying, I don't know if they deserve to be there. Somebody else says, oh, I'm not going. And then they show up in the crowd. But uh, it, it was a great event. It was exciting. And to me, this was the most excitement I've had watching baseball this year. It really was. And we've talked about the past couple of weeks how we actually are pretty excited for the All-Star game to come back, even though it's kind of over the last few years gotten a little bit kind of boring more of an inconvenience into the season but this year it was welcome probably because last year we really didn't get anything and to come back and even right in the first round got a heck of a show Mancini he put on a heck of a show the whole way through and really had the whole baseball world behind him well that's true and and a lot of you all who if there's some of you out there who don't know Trey Mancini with the Orioles has had a great and painful story in some ways i mean the man we're looking at just a little over a year ago had stage three cancer was a colon cancer and went through chemo treatments was back in the game sooner than anybody would ever have expected 2020 he was out in 2021 bam he is back in the game a survivor a testament to people who can survive even stage three cancer so god bless him and his family and he had the support and the excitement of a lot of people watching him wanting to see him again succeed, even in this home run derby. It was great just to see him there. And in the beginning, he started off really slow. And I was like, hey, you know what? It's still inspiring after coming back from what he went through to end up in the home run derby. That's still inspirational. But he ended up getting it together really quickly. And he darn near won the whole thing. Yeah, he did. That was exciting. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Pete Alonso, the guy who won it all. But... Let's take a quick look at who all was involved in this home run derby. There was eight players. It was played in brackets. You either won the first round to go to semifinals and then into the finals. The participants included the Angels, Mr. Shohei Otani. And then he went up against Washington Nationals, Juan Soto. I think everybody thought how that one was going to end up real quick. Then Salvador Perez and Pete Alonso. And they were in the first round. And one of those, again, thought, well, I know how that's going to end. You know, Alonso's going to kill him. 
Then uh, the other first round, let's see, Joey Gallo and uh, Trevor Story. And the funny thing is they were playing Coors Field, the Colorado Rockies home field. That's Trevor Story's home field. That's He is a Rocky. Then you got what, Matt Olson and Trey Mancini. And Matt Olson is not as well-known as Trey Mancini, certainly not this year. And you're looking at Trey Mancini, who's with the Orioles, which is a team that is struggling. So it's great to see him, you know, do well. So th- those were some rather interesting combinations. And none of these matchups were really disappointing. I mean, Perez did lose by about seven or eight home runs to Alonzo, but I mean, that's, that's still, that's not bad. He hit, put up 28 home runs, but Alonzo went nuts and put up 35. So you can't say Perez went out there and embar- embarrassed himself and everybody else lost by one or two home runs. Yeah, in, in that first grouping, let's see, um, uh, let's see, Trey Mancini had 24 home runs. He beat Matt Olson with 23, okay? Trevor Story, he defeated Joy Gallo, 20 home runs, 19. So they're not kicking it. But Perez comes in and hits 28 home runs, which is more than either one of those other four. And But he had to go head-to-head with Pete Alonzo the first time out. Pete Alonzo says, I am the victor. I am the most powerful hitter in the game. And guess what? I'm going to go ahead and start out by hitting 35 home runs. Pow! Oof. Well, I, I had little faith in what Perez could do, but he amazed me. Uh, it was, I mean, to see that man hit 28 home runs, especially after what? The highest before that was Mancini with 24. I was really, uh, I was kind of sad he wasn't able to go further because guess what? When you have to face the champion, Pete Alonso who hits 35 home runs. That's just the way it goes. But then, then, the other first round, Juan Soto and Shohei Otani. Simple enough. You know, how you think? Shohei, Mr. King of home runs, just kicking it out the door. Should be the MVP of the year, despite what uh, somebody else might say. And we'll get into some comments later about Otani. Uh, Juan Soto, you know, he, he was up there and I said, okay. Juan's good. And he was a bigger name a couple of years ago than he is today. I think Tatis Jr. and some other ones have kind of taken that mantle. Shohei Otani really had a hard start, didn't he? Yeah, it wasn't the prettiest of starts. He started off pretty slow, but he, he got into his groove really quick. And they ended up being tied after bonus time, and they had to go to a swing-off. Yeah, and, and the swing-off begins with a, basically an overtime. You get one full minute of swings. And... They what they wound up tying that, <laughs> yeah. It's like watching soccer where they just still end up being tied. You go to extra time, still tied, overtime one, still tied, overtime two, still tied. Then you got to do the penalty kicks or whatever it's called. It's just they couldn't stop tying. No, and, but but in the end, you know, the final well, hopefully, the final, the next level of, of uh going ahead and trying to beat a tie. I mean, to break that last tie, here's what the players have to do. They have to give their best three swings. So, you know, one, uh, see, Soto was going to go first with three swings, and then Otani was going with three swings after that. Now, here's the point. We're talking swings. Because if the pitcher pitched something to that batter and they didn't want to swing at it, they didn't have to. I think, matter of fact, I think Soto let having a couple let him pass. And But the ones he didn't let pass, bing, 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 all three swings, all three Home runners, pressure is on. Otani, you know, he has to come to the bat. 
and he has to hit three home runs consecutively, which shouldn't be a problem. He's Otani, but he wasn't on his best game last night. I mean, and he wound up suffering, and that first hit of his just wasn't a home run, and it was over. If we sort of have the running joke between us of, I somehow seem to miss all the big things that happen, and here was another one. I thought he was going to, you know, maybe take the first couple pitches, so I wasn't really paying attention at the moment. Then I hear just this big roar and everybody yelling, and I look back at the TV, and Otani's walking off, and that they're saying that he's done for the night. Yeah, you know, and that that was just a, a I don't know, that's I say a disappointment, a surprise, I think, for a lot of people. You know, we expect great things of him. This is a man we've held up higher than Babe Ruth, and and rightfully so for the things that he's achieving this year. And he's the Tiger Woods. He's the Michael Jordan of of uh, baseball. Uh, you know, he, and he seemed to be in good humor the whole time. I, I love this guy. He seems like he always has a smile on his face. To me, that adds a lot to the game as well. And that's what really made the Derby fun last night is that it seemed like a Sandlot event where everybody's just there to have fun. I mean, everybody was smiling and laughing, joking with each other. You even had Ken Griffey there on the sidelines with a big camera taking pictures with everybody. <laughs> yeah, that, that was something. I mean, Ken Griffey uh, Jr. has won three of these. So it was great to see him there, plus also presenting the Home Run Derby trophy. And the Home Run Derby neck-hanging swag. We should get you that, chain. You look good in that. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. I want to get the belt as well. Kucherov. <laughs> you can wear it to our next boat parade. There, <laughs> Exactly. It was crazy. It, it, let's talk about it for a minute. I mean, the atmosphere there was huge. It wasn't just these eight guys on the field and just their pitchers. We'll talk about the pitchers in a minute. It was a lot of the guys who were coming for the All-Star game. So they're there supporting the guys who are the participants and batters. You know, you, you see out there, you see Tatis Jr. Uh, I saw Vlad Jr. out there. I saw Joey Wendell with the Rays out there. And as long as I'm talking about the Rays, Brett Phillips? Brett Phillips is out there, and he's got a coat on, rather curious-looking sport coat, and a microphone in hand. Evidently, he was broadcasting on the MLB network on Instagram. Hmm. <laughs> That must have been kind of interesting itself. And he's out promoting a new T-shirt that says, Baseball is fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah, those words. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, and you saw the families out there. You, you would see the, the kids of some of these players, you know, running up to their dad, all this on the sidelines. Uh, uh, to me, that, that all those people being there, all that energy, uh, it, it brought so much more to that event than just guys going up and hitting a ball. And one thing that's weird that I did miss, but I forgot about it, was the kids in the outfield trying to catch the the fly balls. I always thought that was funny watching them either be like 10 feet off of it or dive and be 10 feet short of it. It just looks so fun. And I forgot that they even did that. And honestly, I missed it. Oh, it was fun seeing those kids do that. One thing, though, was interesting. I think it was the very end. And round three with Alonso was at the bat. I think he was coming back from a uh, little thirty-second break he was taking, and he he couldn't he couldn't immediately start. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but what I, I remember seeing is they had to actually walk a child off of the the field. I don't know if she, what injury she may have sustained or not, but it was a trip, fall, or whatever. But they wanted to make sure that child was safe and got her off the field before the batting continued. 
Did you see that? <laughs> I, I did not. I must have missed that. Yeah, it, it was something. But I, the again, what was going on there on the field was, you know, it was above and beyond what you'd expect for a home run derby. If you say, well, what's a home run derby? Bunch of guys hitting balls. Okay. No. The support of the, of the fans, support of the player fans, if you will, was huge. And even Otani in that first round when he was suffering, when he took a break, he was getting a phone call. <laughs> did you see that part? I did not th- see that either. I, I must have missed where, everything. Where, where you and I watched this whole thing. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Otani got a call in the middle of all this when he was uh, he started out suffering at the beginning of his at-bats. And it was Mike Trout calling to give him a little encouragement. I don't know what the words were, but Otani really picked up on the amount of home runs that he was hitting after the call from Trout. I, wish, I guess he and Trout and a lot of Angels fans are probably saying, I wish you had called Otani earlier, <laughs> but that's how it goes. You know, uh, as long as we're talking about the atmosphere, Brandon, one of the things you know to remember is this was happening out at Curtis Field and out there in Denver. It was initially supposed to happen out in uh, Atlanta and Georgia, but because of some politics and MLB standing up saying, guess what, we think all that is wrong, and so we're, we're going to move it out of there. But some of the interesting about Coors Field in Denver, where this is being played, Colorado Rockies home, is that the altitude. So there's a lot of different things to say will impact the ball. I'm not going to get into the science of that. You all can look it up if you like. But one of the things I know regularly what they do at Coors Field is they prepare the balls before the game by keeping them in a humidor. And you keep the humidor. keeps them fresh, I guess. keeps a certain amount of uh, moisture in the air so that the balls are not just dry out. Well, last night they did not use the humidor, and I, I did that increase the number of hits? I don't know, but it made it exciting last night. So humidor or no, uh, <laughs> it was exciting. I want to talk about the nature of none other than the winner of all this, you know, and that was Mr. Pete Alonso. His attitude in the game Heath sees himself as the most powerful hitter. Here, let's play his bit. I've done this before, and I'm, I'm extremely confident in my ability to hit the ball out of the yard. I feel like I'm uh, the best power hitter in the game, and it was on display tonight. Okay, okay. You can say, that sounds a little arrogant. What is it? What's the saying? It's only bragging if it's not true. Hey, if it's true, brag all you want. That's what I say. Yeah, anyway, <clears throat> he has the confidence you know, and to be in the game. And uh, he, man, my, look at the style of that game. Well, it was more than just people coming up to bat. I mean, Alonso won this whole thing, and I kind of traced over what was happening with some of the earlier uh, rounds. Let's let's go ahead and finish up that first. If we look at the rounds, we talked about the first round and who was going up, and uh, Shohei Otani, you know, bam, he's gone. Um, Salvador Perez, bam, he's gone with Alonso taking it. And let's see, who was it? Uh, Oh, Matt Olson with Trace Mancini, and Mancini, you know, beating him out. Also, uh, story beat, what did I say, story beat Gallo. And uh, round two, you know, Mancini's facing Trevor Story, and Mancini hits 13 home runs. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen here? Trevor Story only hits 12. Round two, Pete Alonso hits 16 home runs, and he defeats Juan Soto, who had previously hit 15 home runs. But let me state here, Pete Alonso could have hit more. (laughs) 
Pete knows how to make that game exciting. And because when he got to 14 home runs, you know, I think he paused then, kind of held his arms out to the crowd. And then, you know, I think he hit 15 and he may have done the same thing then. It's like, hey, guess what? It's exciting times because he had a lot of time left on the clock to hit some of the home runs. And he defeated Juan Soto with 16 home runs in round two. The finals, the finals spoke for themselves. And, you know, uh, Trey Mancini, he hit 22 home runs. They asked him before Pete Alonso, the defending champ, went up and said, how do you feel about this right now? He says, uh, not so good. <laughs> and yeah, honest, either. Huh? I wouldn't feel so good either. No, I know. I, I, an honest man, an honest assessment. And But the non, nonetheless, Pete Alonso won. You know, Ken Griffey Jr. comes up, gives him the trophy, and gives him his home run derby swag. So and that was all exciting. But Alonso brought a lot to that game. I mean, his attitude was there, but he brought the arts in as well. I mean, did you see the bat he had? Yeah, I mean, a lot of those bats looked really cool. It's like they were themed to each team. Yeah, and, you know, Alonso actually had uh, an artist by the name of Gregory Siff, uh, I think, who lived who lived in New York and maybe he's in L.A. now. But he uh, he had him put something together for him. And I think Alonso referred to it as the meshing of two worlds, you know, the art. And, but that was it. It was exciting to see the bats. Like I said, a lot of them had something about the team, but others had some things, you know, specifically to them. So that was really cool. Uh, Alonso, he's walking up his walk-up music. He said was all about New York recording artists. So he's up there. And, man, do you see him jazzing as he goes up to the plate? It's crazy. The dancing, the confidence, the excitement. Ah. Hey, if, if you can hit 35 home runs in just over three minutes, you deserve to have that confidence in going up there dancing. Another part of all this, too, is only one side of the game we're talking about. That's people that are hitting the ball. But somebody had to be able to pitch it into the red box for them bad boys to beat that ball around. And it was interesting to see who those batters selected for their pitchers. And and usually it was something with somebody they had a little history with. I mean, looking at, uh, let's see, Juan Soto. He had the hitting coach that he, you know, Kevin Long was was uh, pitching for him. Trevor Story, he had a Colorado bench coach. So nothing overly exciting about that or surprising. And then you look at one of the most interesting stories, of course, was Trey Mancini. Because instead of just having some MLB coach, he had his Notre Dame assistant coach from 10, 11 years ago pitch for him. Do you know the rest of the story behind that? I I heard something. I didn't hear the whole thing. But when Rostano, his assistant coach at the time, he actually got the call of Mancini asking him to pitch to him to the home run derby. He was in the Atlanta airport going somewhere like on vacation or for a trip. And then he got the call saying, hey, would you come pitch to me in the home run derby? <laughs> I hadn't heard that part of it, man. Yeah, I dropped my plans, I think, for something like that. But, you know, you looked at this fellow. I mean, some of these guys looked like they'd been around for a little while. And that was certainly the case when you saw Chuck Rostano pitching for uh, Trey Mancini, you know, his old Notre Dame coach. The, the part of the story I heard was that Mancini told him like 10, 11 years ago, yeah, if I ever get to the home run derby, I'm going to have you pitch for me. And I thought that was pretty cool. Well, being baseball biz, you know, being here in Tampa, 
there's a couple things we want to celebrate, of course. And that was one. We had two Florida boys in the finals, for those of you who don't know. Alonso, he's from Tampa. He attended uh, Jesuit, High, Jesuit High School here, I believe, in his freshman and sophomore year. He went on to Plant High School also here after that. So he's got a history with this area. Then also in Central Florida, Trey Mancini. You know, he went to school in Winter Haven. So we got two Florida boys there at the finals. Yay, boys. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we always do like to brag on, on the Bay Area. Give ourselves a little pat on the back. Yeah, yeah. And so congratulations to them. I would also like to say congratulations to Pete from the baseball biz because he's doing something that no other baseball player can do. Well, maybe. <laughs> he's doing something most baseball players can't do. He's earning more in one day than he can earn the entire season. In one day, his paycheck is $1 million for winning the home run derby. Just one day's pay. Now, Pete, who's still young in the game, his annual salary, I think, is $676,000, man. That's one full season of spring training and potentially 162 games plus going into postseason. Wow. $1 million, dude. It's a heck of a bargain. They asked him, will he be back next year? He's what he, here's what he said. I don't know. We'll see, but uh, I'm just going to enjoy this one for now, and I'll, I'll have to I'll have to think on it. But this this event so fun, and and I really enjoyed myself tonight. I hope he's back next year. I uh, I mean, one thing, Ken Griffey Jr. I think is the only player who's ever won this three times. Griffey Jr. won it twice in a. I mean, he won it two consecutive years. You know, will uh, will Pete come back next year? I don't know. I hope we can see him sometime again at Home Run Derby because he certainly made this one exciting. I hope he does come back and, you know, keep going until somebody beats you. Yeah, and anybody who can do what he did in starting out with 35 home runs in the first round, <laughs> you want to talk about making it exciting. And the least exciting thing was Shohei Otani. We we all expected a lot from him, <laughs> and uh, we'll probably, we expect a lot from him today because today is the All-Star game, and he's going to be the leading pitcher, and I, I don't know if he's going to be leading up uh, – He's probably first man at bat too, so we'll see how that goes with American League. But yeah, he he is hitting leadoff. He is hitting leadoff. Well, there you go. And when we look at this, it's worth noting that yesterday, some folks, uh, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith of ESPN, says some things that he later regretted, and it was kind of interesting to see the whirlwind that passed it. And the reason I bring up Stephen Smith is because. Um, the comments were about Otani, and they actually, I think the comments were actually more about MLB. And uh, tell me if I got this right. What what he was saying is that he thought that the face of MLB should be someone who speaks English. That somebody who, and the reasoning was that he could communicate more with who he thought the baseball audience was. He didn't say an old bunch bunch of white guys who speak one language, <laughs> but, but but I got the feel that was that was part of what his comments were. But they were made in a way that did offend a lot of Asian Americans, and and I understand, rightfully so. Um, you know the, the the show that he's on, what is it? First take. Yes. That the whole idea of that show is almost to be adversarial, and to have controversial opinions. So it wasn't surprising to see 
I guess, him say some of the things he did. However, I, I, I think that he realized he stepped over line. Yeah, and I don't think he was intentionally trying to upset everybody. And, you know, I respect Stephen A. I, I respect what he's done and the career that he's built for himself. But, I mean, this was over the line for me. I, I think it's great for baseball that if you have one of your biggest stars speaks a foreign language, that can make it more relatable to people who speak that language in those foreign countries, like whether it's Chinese, Japanese, Korean, it make it more relatable to them and make them want to be baseball fans, bringing more eyeballs to your sport. So I think that would be great. And going back to Stephen A., I, I respect him for coming out this morning. We were watching it and he came out and he owned up to it. He said that he's not going to hide from it. He knows that he made a mistake and he basically owned up to it. So I respect him for that. Yeah, he, he did go on Twitter quickly and say some things yesterday. And then today, one day later, as they start the show, I think it was the first 20 minutes of the show where we're part of Stephen A doing a mea culpa, but I felt like it was a sincere one. And, you know, he, he felt like he had offended. Well, people told him, said, you know, uh, as an Asian American, I find that offensive. And it, may, it was a little broader than that, than what happened then. Not only did he apologize for that, he apologized for some mispronunciation of other players' names and even a nickname that he gave to someone or or whatever else. I, I think it's difficult for a sports analyst with said in who's supposed to be bantering back and forth with someone having uh opposing views to avoid sometimes saying something stupid or something that that could that something the nature of that show is to be inflammatory, but you know the the buffers, the governors of that have to be saying, okay, be inflammatory on a topic, but not on an individual. And I think that's where he uh, he kind of broke that rule. But again, he apologized yesterday, and then on on Twitter, and then today again on first take, he gave that apology even in more depth. So I I salute him for standing up to it and owning up to it immediately you know sometimes you'll see someone who says something stupid and it's a week later and they say if i offended anyone i'm so sorry you know it's like thank you very much that sounds so <laughs> damn qualified it does you know just either apologize or don't don't go say if i offend yes you offended someone are you an idiot you know i'm sorry but enough said on my part what else do you think about Stephen a where where this will go is this going to make any changes in the game um, I don't really know where it's going to go from here. I do, I do hope. And he said that he, you know, he, that from this mistake, he wants to learn from it and be better so he doesn't make it again. And that's really all you can ask from somebody when they do make mistakes like this is just learn from it and be better and inform yourself of it. Well, I, th- I think that's well said. Wrapping up this show today, uh, I think we should probably talk a little bit more about what came in today's first take above and beyond Stephen uh, A. Smith's apology. And that was some remarks Jeff Passan made back and forth with Stephen A. Smith and, and the nature of baseball and how some people were treated. So let's save that for the next show. And today we're just pretty much covering the home run derby. Couldn't let Stephen A. Smith's remarks pass without some kind of um, – commentary nor could we let 
his apology pass because I think that's important. And I think people should accept it. And we're looking forward to the game tonight with the All-Star game also being played in Curls. <laughs> also being played in Curse Field. Any other remarks, notes, things we should add? Uh, everybody enjoy the All-Star game as much as those celebrities did the celebrity softball game last night. Yeah, I want to talk maybe about them to, uh, a little bit on, on the uh, tomorrow's as well, because that was crazy and nuts. And we can talk about maybe who we would have had on our teams. <laughs> Ooh, a, nice, a, a tease for the next show. That's right, brother. Great setup. <laughs> well, just remember, you can always find Brandon on Twitter at Sports Blitz Pod. That's right, at Sports Blitz Pod. You can find me, Mark, at The Baseball Biz, also on Twitter. And you can find us on podcast directories everywhere. Stitcher, oh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. If it's a podcast directory, we're there. also like to thank Mom and Dad for letting me stay up and watch the Home Run Derby. Hey, Pete, did uh, Mom and Dad let you stay up late? Truly a, a dream come true for me because when I was younger, my parents actually let me uh, stay up past my bedtime to watch this. Um, hi, guys. Thank you. Um, <laughs> But they, um, yeah, so that was one of the few nights of the year where I actually got to stay up past my bedtime and watch and just watch um, absolutely incredible feats that uh, you just don't see in, in a regular baseball game. And to be able to participate is, it's a dream come true. And to be able to do it back to back, this is really special for me and really, really cool. Special thanks to X-Tech RUX for the music rocking forward.